The following podcast was recorded on Tuesday, December 20th, 2022, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Hamler directly at gus.hamler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Talking Data. I'm your host, Kristen Radish with Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our commentator, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Welcome, Jim. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. We're looking forward to your discussion today on the Fed versus the markets. Is there a difference between the market and the Fed? Yes, there is. And if we go to the first chart, uh, that explains the difference. So the blue line on this chart is what the Fed has been communicating between their speeches and their dot plot that they put out last week. They're probably going to raise rates three times in 25 basis point increments in, in February 1st meeting, the next one, March 22nd and May 3rd. And that will get the funds rate to between 5 and 525. And then they're going to hold it there all year. That's what the Fed is communicating. The green line and the orange line are the day of the Fed meeting last week and last Friday, it's essentially the same right now. The market has the Fed peaking on the fund, on the peak or the terminal rate, the highest point at 475 to five, not five and five and a quarter. And by the end of the year, cutting rates. And so that at the end of the year, you've got about a 150 basis point difference as to where the funds rate will be. The Fed says five to five and a quarter. The market is basically saying, 425 to 450, where we are right now, so that they'll take back those three rate hikes that they'll do in the first half of the year. So this is a big divergence um, between the two. Nothing we haven't seen before, markets in the Fed diverge. Uh, I might add that historically, usually the, uh, usually the Fed comes to the market, but in 2022, we've seen this kind of divergence and it's been more likely that the market comes to the Fed. And what does the market think? So if we go to the next chart, the next chart shows the survey of professional forecasters from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. They have a panel of about 200 people. They ask quarter, a big series of questions every quarter. <coughs> the percentage, and this chart goes back 50 plus years to 1968. And it shows the high, not only the highest percentage that are predicting a recession, but far and away the highest percentage that are predicting a recession. This has become the consensus call on Wall Street. The Bank of America Fund Manager Survey has 68% of professional managers saying that we'll be in recession next year. Bloomberg does a monthly survey. They've got 63% of um, economists saying that the Fed is, uh, the economy is going to be in a recession. So the market thinks recession next year. We jump to the next chart. <laughs> the next chart also says higher unemployment. So the thick black line on this chart is the unemployment rate currently at 4.7%. And all those colored lines, they ask, Bloomberg asks about 70 economists, what do you think the unemployment rate will be for the next six quarters? So the uh, gold line on the bottom is May. They thought in May that it would end 2023 20, uh, at 3.6%, um, about where it is now. But by December, by November, the December survey is not out yet, by November, we we're up to 4.6. Now that's a big rise to have the unemployment rate rise 
about one full percentage points. That only happens when we're in recession. So what does the market think? The economy's gonna turn south, unemployment's gonna go up, uh, the stock market's gonna struggle, earnings are gonna struggle, and therefore the Fed is going to respond to weaker real economic growth by, um, by cutting rates. So what does the Fed think? So if we go to the next chart, the Fed is basically looking at um, two things. First thing that the Fed is looking at is uh, the real economy and focused on the labor market. And what we see here is a chart of initial claims. The Fed initial claims, the latest number last week was at 211,000. As the chart shows, that's a historically low number. Uh, it's also not done anything different than it has basically all year. There's no evidence in the initial claims numbers that the economy is weakening. So the Fed, you might have a conversation with the Fed if you were to see signs the labor market is weakening, that things are going bad, but that's not happening. So they're not thinking about pivoting. If we jump to the next chart, um, payrolls, payrolls have beaten eight months in a row. And that's what you see on the bottom panel in the, in the rectangle with the green bars, meaning that the payroll report came in above Wall Street's consensus. That's the longest streak on record, eight months in any direction. Wall Street has been far too pessimistic about payrolls. So the Fed says that they might cut rates uh, uh, if we see weakness in the labor market. We're not seeing weakness in the labor market. So what's the Fed focused on right now? Why would they hold it five to five and a quarter? We have a 7.1% unemployment, uh, excuse me, inflation rate. It is coming down, but that's not the big issue. The big issue is, is it going to two? And I think the answer is no, it's not going to two. And that if it isn't, then the Fed sees no reason to be aggressive in, <coughs> see, be aggressive in uh, cutting rates. I might add on the day we're recording, the day before, the Bank of Japan expanded their, uh, their um, target range for yield curve control on the 10-year to 50 basis points, meaning they're going to allow the 10-year yield in Japan to rise to 50 basis points, which is the highest rate it will have been in eight years. Uh, why are they doing that? Japan has inflation. Japan has a 3.7% inflation rate, 2.5% um, core rate that's going to 2.8. Japan has a 2% inflation target too. Japan is the country that is most associated with the word deflation. They've now got 2.8% inflation in core, 3.7 on headline. Now you might say, finally, Japan's got some inflation. Yeah, that's true. And that might not be such a bad thing for them. But if the Fed thinks that our inflation rate is gonna go below Japan's inflation rate and stay there for an extended period of time, when in the last 30 or 40 years, it's never been below the um, their inflation rate. I don't think that's a good bet. And I think that if Japan's got inflation and they're going to let their rates go up, it means that all the more that the Fed is going to hold rates at a very high level and be very slow to pivot because we don't have any sign that the labor market's weakening into recession. And what does this mean for markets? So if we go to the next chart, <clears throat> the two-year note. The blue line is the two-year note, and the orange line is the Fed funds rate. And what you'll notice, and I put all these labels on the chart, the two-year note, whenever the Fed's raising rates, the orange line goes up like it is now. The two-year note always peaks above the terminal rate, the highest rate. 
Well, if the funds rate is going to five to five and a quarter, the two-year note will peak at at least 526 above that number. Well, the high so far to date has been 472 on the two-year note. So the two-year note's yield has not seen its peak for this cycle unless the Fed finds a reason in the next three weeks to stop raising rates. And I don't think that will be the case at all. So we're probably looking at higher short rates. If we jump to the next chart, the next chart shows the um, in orange, the two-year note again, and in green, the 10-year note on the top, just the yields. And you could see the bottom line in blue is the spread between the two of the yield curve. The yield curve um, started off in 2020 at nearly 300 basis points. And now it's at minus, uh, minus 75, minus 80. If the economy, and this is where I'll kind of interject my thought here. I understand the argument for a recession, and I'm not pushing back on that. I, I think that there's a very good chance we might see a recession. I think the chance, though, I think the, the nuance I would give it is it might not be till the second half of the year or maybe into early 24 that we see serious signs that the economy is weakening. If that's the case, then the market's idea, the market's idea on a pivot is that it's very impatient. It wants to see by the first half of January signs that the economy is, is going down. So the Fed's going to raise rates 25, 25, 25, and then turn around and start cutting. But if we have to go six, seven, nine months before we see the first signs of weakening to set up a mid-24 pivot, the market will be way impatient on that. And I think if that's the case, you could see long rates, the green line, the 10-year note, go up in yield and steepen the yield curve. If I'm wrong and the economy does weaken, I think what you could see is short rates plummet. Oh, the Fed's done. 472 was the high. We're going back down. And you can see the curve steepen. So I think that the, the yield curve has largely run its course in terms of the flattening. It might still not have its ultimate peak. I mean, it still might go minus 90, minus 100. But that's 90 to 95% of the move is behind us. I just don't think we're going to go to minus 150. At least right now, I don't think that. So I think that the yield curve is probably going to steepen from here. Uh, and if we go to the final chart, what does it mean for stocks? So short rates up. Long rates parallel shifting higher with them, yield curve possibly steepening higher interest rates. If we're going to have a recession and we're going to have higher interest rates, this chart shows the forward PE ratio. What does Wall Street think earnings are going to be in the next year divided by the S&P? You're paying over 18 times for next year's earnings and rates are going to go up and we're going to have a recession. 18 times next year's earnings, as the chart shows, is about the middle of the range. But going into a recession with high rates, that's really an expensive market. That's an expensive level to be paying for the market right now. So if we are going to have all of that, higher rates, parallel shift higher, slower economy, maybe in the second half of the year versus the first half of the year, you're paying too much for the stock market. And I think that's partially what we might have been seeing in the stock market in the last couple of weeks, uh, last week or so, as it's been weakening post FOMC. So the market thinks we're going to get a recession. I don't disagree with that. But it needs, it believes it's going to see almost immediate evidence that the economy is slowing. I think that's where I'll push back. It might be coming in the second half of the year. The market, uh, the Fed, if you don't get immediate evidence of a slowing in the economy, and the Bank of Japan just raised rates because they're worried about inflation, 
Fed ain't going anywhere. They're going to 5% and they're going to hold all year at that point. Higher interest rates are going to be a big disappointment for the market. And if we're talking about recession and higher interest rates, the last thing you want to do is pay 18 times for next year's earnings. Jim, thank you for your thoughts today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you have any questions on Arbor Research, Bianco Research, or Arbor Data Science, you can contact us by emailing Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Thanks, everyone, and happy holidays.